Welcome to the campfire, the only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. This story I'm about to tell you tonight is called I was stalked because of a single act of meaningless kindness. From user Vault Mate, sit back, relax, and fall asleep as you listen to our tales. Just to preface this story, this happened about 12 years ago when I was around 13 years old. The memories and emotions of this incident had faded away into the back of my mind, but recently I started having flashbacks of this incident, and it led to multiple panic attacks while driving in public. After some deliberation, I thought perhaps writing about it and sharing it with the community that might understand the fear of experiencing this sort of thing might help me feel validated with my emotions. So here goes. I was a 13-year-old living abroad when this happened. To give short background info that might help you understand the story better, I was living in an apartment complex. Every morning, the school buses would arrive at the main entrance of the entire complex and pick up the kids for school. The church I was attending at that time also operated buses to help people get back home. So every Sunday after the services were done, I would take the church bus back home. I never doubted my sense of security and safety since this kind of system made me feel safe and protected. That was until I met him one Sunday morning. I was a church kid and quite involved one too. I was serving the youth group as a part of the welcome team for newcomers when I met him. He entered the chapel with his mother following behind, and she explained that they had recently moved to the country and were just starting to settle down. My first impression of him was that he was lanky, shy, and very quiet. He seemed so harmless, innocent, naive. So when his mother left him after filling out the form, I gave him a smile, greeted him, led him to an empty seat, and I thought nothing more of him until I saw him again in my small group. So I greeted him again, saying something like, So nice to see you again. I still remember how he just shyly nodded, not really answering me. When the small group time ended, I took out Haichu and gave one to everyone in the group, even the teacher, and as I handed the rectangular candy to him, he softly whispered, Thank you, and walked away. That was the first time I heard him speak. I hadn't realized that he was living in the same complex as me until I got off the church bus and saw him coming down the steps of the bus as well. It was a funny coincidence, so I told him how weird it was that we were in the same small group and also living in the same complex. He nodded again, and I walked off first because he was waiting for his mom and little sister who were coming behind him. My apartment building was no. 20, the first in the row of buildings. I had opened the door and was about to go in when he followed behind me. I, still in that newcomer greeting mode, responded to this by asking him if he was living in the same building as well. He nodded again. I noticed that his mother and his sister were not here yet, so I got into the elevator first, asked him if he was going to wait for them, and gave him my goodbye when he quietly nodded yes. The next day morning, I saw him waiting in the lobby when I got out of the elevator. He was alone, and I asked him if he was waiting for his sister. He nodded, so I just gave him a quick have a nice day, and 
ran off so that I wouldn't miss my school bus. And for every day of that week, I saw him waiting for his sister in the lobby, standing in the corner right in front of the elevators. I didn't think much of it. I would always say hi or good morning to him, and he would just nod or wave timidly. There was nothing more to it than that. That is, until one Sunday when I got back home after church. He was walking behind me, this time together with his sister and Ma, so I thought I would be a nice girl and hold the door for them. So I waited, holding the door open, only to have all three of them walk right past my building. Strange, I thought, so I peeked my head out to see that they were entering building No. 15, which was five buildings down the street. At first, I didn't think much of it, thinking that they might have moved out of building 20 and into building 15. But when I stepped out of the elevator the next morning to see him again in the lobby, in the same corner he was standing in every morning, my heart sank deep. I don't know how I responded to it, but I remember choosing not to confront him because I was in denial that this was actually happening and didn't dare to ask him for an answer. Things quickly progressed since that day. I started getting late night calls on my cell phone. The typical, not going to speak but just going to breathe heavily kind of call that you get that makes you feel insecure even though you know you are safe in your room. He also stopped waiting for me in the lobby since that morning but would stand on the far corner of the street every day and watch me wait for and get on the bus. Me becoming hyper vigilant didn't help with the situation, either. I could always spot him watching me, even though he would often try to hide behind a thick tree or the guard's cabin. It made me feel sick to my stomach, but I don't think I felt so threatened and cornered to the point that I wanted to seek adult help. I was a very, very private teenager who was already keeping some traumatic experiences a secret from my parents. So naturally, this felt like another secret that I would keep so they wouldn't worry about me. At church, I kept up my bright facade but would distance myself as far as possible to avoid any sort of contact with him. I actively put this distance between him and me because whenever I decided to play by my facade and say hi to him, instead of returning my greetings, he would stare once at my face and then just drop his gaze down to my private areas. The fact that it was summer and I was wearing shorts did not help at all whenever he stared at my thighs and between my legs. The shame. The embarrassment, the feeling that I was being dirtied by his gaze, the anxiety, the paranoia, it was too much for me. I started skipping the small group session and left right after the youth group ended so I would avoid getting home with him at the same time. On days that I did happen to attend small group, I just sat quietly, unwilling to speak a single word while he stared. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hurted me intensely. One day, while the teacher was leading the discussion, 
He suddenly burst into an angry yell, shouting, why do you keep ignoring me when you clearly know that I like you? Needless to say, I was embarrassed, ashamed, shocked, and terrified all at the same time. The teacher tried to de-escalate the situation, but he stormed out after yelling out how frustrated he was with me for not returning his affection. I wanted to leave as well, but the fear that I might run into him made me stay in my seat while everyone in the group quietly whispered among themselves about this sudden drama that happened before them. It was a huge shock to me that he was doing all these things because he liked me. But what shook me more at that moment was the fact that the teacher didn't seem to be phased at all by this sudden outburst. She didn't seem surprised by the fact that he had such feelings for me. Instead, she cast glances at me with some sort of knowing in her eyes. I had always wondered how he got hold of my phone number. This was it. The teacher dismissed everyone but asked me to stay. I was always the model student at church, but the moment I was left alone with her, I lost it. I cursed and swore and demanded her to tell me if she knew. If she knew how much he was making my life miserable. She told me she knew he liked me. Apparently, he started liking me because of that stupid ass candy I gave him on the first day. She had given him my number because she thought it was cute seeing him like me so much. So I told her what he had been doing. How he waited for me every morning in the lobby, even though he lived in a different building. How he would stare and watch me from the corner of the street. How he would stare between my thighs and my chest. How he would call me late at night, with the heavy breathing and all. I was having trouble speaking and breathing because of how much I was crying. But I remember yelling, he is like a fucking stalker. And that was when I fully recognized that I was being stalked. When I became quiet due to the shock of realization, the teacher took her chance to speak and told me that he was a mentally troubled kid who didn't know better, so I needed to just bear with it. That was the end of the conversation. Honestly, there is a gap in my memory after that day, so it's hard for me to recall what events had led up to it, but the last time I saw him was when I had the most fearful encounter with him. I was already on the church bus, waiting. Two girls were sitting a couple of rows ahead of me, and the bus was silent other than that. I was sitting by the aisle when I saw him get on the bus. The strange thing was that when he got on, the two girls suddenly turned extremely hostile towards him, and told him to get the fuck off the bus, calling him a fucking pervert. He responded angrily, well, you whores aren't the ones I want to see anyways, so shut up. Then he fixed his eyes straight at me, walked over to where I was, and sat a row diagonally behind my seat. My heart was pounding at this point, and I wanted to sit by the windows to hide from his gaze, but I was scared that he would think of it as an invitation to sit next to me. So I stayed frozen in my seat until more people came in and only moved to the window seat when an adult asked if they could sit next to me. I think there was an instinctive feeling that told me I couldn't get off together with him, so I purposefully got off at the stop before my apartment. It was only a 600 meters walk from the bus stop to my home so I mixed in with the people and got off the bus with them. The bus had stopped by the side entrance of another apartment complex. I just needed to walk down the street to get to mine, but the street was empty and deserted because it was one of those areas that were waiting to be developed by the city. So I started walking towards my home when I realized that he had also gotten off with me. He was walking a few feet behind me and my gut wrenched as he got closer and closer. Something told me being alone with him on this street was dangerous, so I broke into a run until I saw an alleyway that parted off from the road. In my panic, I turned into the alley and was relieved when I saw that some smaller shops were busy with people. People were hanging in the alleyway, chilling by the benches outside and stuff. 
I was certain that he couldn't have followed me into the alley after I had run, but still looked behind to check just in case. But there he was, still following me. He had run after me. My relief quickly turned into terror, and I hastened my pace, purposefully weaving in between the people in hopes of losing him. But whenever I looked back, I could still see him. Eventually, the people hanging by the shops thinned out, and I was walking in an empty alleyway. On the opposite end of the alley, I could see that there was a bigger road with more cars and people. I was already quite out of breath as I wasn't a fit person, but with my last strength, I ran for the busy road, hoping to lose him if he was still behind me. I stopped once I reached the busy road and turned around to look into an empty alley. I stood for an extra minute staring into the alley to confirm that he wasn't following me. Fortunately, my friend's house was close by, and so I stayed at her place until I felt it was safe enough to walk back home. That was the last time I saw him. I stopped going to the small groups. I started serving the children's department as an accompanist so I could avoid going to the youth group. I didn't see him again after that, but one time I happened to meet my small group teacher, and she told me that he had left the country. Apparently, he was reported multiple times at school for lewd behavior, such as sneaking into the girls' restroom, and in the end, had to be expelled from the school. I think that was when I decided to bury the terror and the fear away because he was no longer an immediate threat in my life. Funny story though, after that whole incident, I had to watch Ferris Bueller's day off at school. But the moment Ferris' friend Cameron Fry showed on the screen, I had to run to the bathroom to throw up, because the actor's face looked exactly like him, and just watching his face brought back the trauma. Now I can watch the movie, but looking at Cameron's face still gives me anxiety. Anyways, if anyone has made it to the end of this long post, thank you for staying through this with me. I often wonder what might have become of him, and wonder if his parents knew what his son was. If he was truly suffering from mental illness, my only hope is that he received the proper treatment so that no one else had to go through what I had to. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.